Test, 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 breaker, breaker nine. All right, guys. So it's a fluid day today, and I could jump right in, embrace the foray, but I'd rather be calm to hear what heart has to say to keep all the ambition healed and at bay. Isn't it interesting how we can become so consumed by this idea that I need to do this and I need to do that, and yet if we were really paused for just a moment, <clears throat> we would inevitably realize that <laughs> well, it doesn't all have to get done. It's just this kind of idea that we need to do it. And so I was thinking about how we've got these patterns and I'm sitting in the midst of a pattern right now. And the pattern is a very cluttered desk. I got stuff strung out all over the place and I'm thinking, huh, you know, if, if it's true that my outer reality reflects my inner reality if if somehow what's going on on the inside manifests magically on what's going on the outside and i believe that it does then if my office is kind of cluttered obviously my head must be kind of cluttered and i began to look at that pattern a little bit and i thought huh is it possible that my mind is creating this task list faster than i can actually accomplish it is it possible that i'm creating a lot of to do's that don't necessarily need to get done. And it's kind of a rhetorical question. Obviously that's the case, right? If we think, man, I wish there were 30 hours a day and 10 days in a week, I might be able to get stuff done. We're trying probably too hard to do something, right? And what we do know for sure, and this is something I always, you know, challenge myself, you know, is, is there enough time, true or false? There is always enough time, true or false. There is always enough time. And the truth is, I believe, yes, it's true. There is always enough time because there is only time. There's this metric or measurement of distance of movement, of motion, and we're embedded in that. And our mind is embedded in that. Our mental structures are embedded in this concept of a timeline or time is moving forward and of course you know theoretical physicists and mathematicians might tell you it's not always like that I don't know I don't really care but practically speaking practically speaking we have to use the time that we have we have to allot time to specific tasks to taking care of ourselves taking care of our families to taking care of our work taking care of our jobs and you know ultimately we use the time and energy that we have to cultivate the quality of life that we want or deserve there are tools to be more or less effective at that but there's nothing more powerful i believe than spiritual awareness as a tool if you will and i'm going to get into that for just a minute here but first i want to talk about patterns just a little more you know patterns really predict the impact of of our choice or of our actions so if i if we have a, a set of negative patterns uh, operating in our life we're going to have a negative it's going to have a negative impact negative consequences in our life and conversely if we have positive patterns you know a system of positive patterns in our lives then we're going to have a positive impact positive outcome positive consequences and so patterns will predict this you know outcome and if life is a system of patterns we can ultimately evaluate the patterns and begin to expose the truth of pain and suffering, the cycles of self-induced suffering. And to all of this suffering, <laughs> there is a solution. And that solution is spiritual awareness. Now, I don't intend to mean that 
by having spiritual awareness, no longer will you suffer. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when we when we can elevate our internal awareness and begin to operate and navigate life from that place of inner wisdom or inner awareness, spiritual awareness, then we are less likely to repeat our folly and keep ourselves kind of going through this constant perpetual cycle of self-induced suffering where we feel physical, emotional, and even spiritual pain more than we need to. We can we can begin to eliminate and lessen that in our life. But in order to do that, we have to elevate our internal awareness, our spiritual awareness. Now, why does spiritual awareness solve the problem? As I was thinking about this this morning, I was like kind of glancing down at my journal here. And the answer is because spiritual awareness is really our source of strength. It's our source of inner strength. Spiritual awareness is what activates our self-empowerment, you know, to be empowered. And when we are empowered, spiritually empowered, we can achieve anything that we set our mind to, right? Uh, but what is spiritual awareness? You know, what is, how do we get this indomitable spirit, you know, like this warrior spirit inside of us? How do we tap into or awaken to this spirit within this essence of self within ourselves and i understand that spirituality as a term can be kind of a slippery term to put your finger on and grab a hold of and it's going to have a little bit different connotation for you know depending on your background depending on the context of conversation but what i'm talking about here what exactly is spiritual awareness i'm talking about the subtle inner self that part of us that's not, it, it's not just our body or our mind. It transcends that. It's simultaneously encompassing and exceeding all aspects of our physical and mental emotional selves. Our spiritual awareness is really the seed of our soul identity. And that is powerful, right? Because our soul identity, that is who am I? Who am I? My soul identity is who I am. It consists of I am statements. I am Luke, or I am a creature of light shining on the path of life, or I am power and I am power, or, you know, these, these statements that we can have inside of ourselves, we have a lot of them going on all the time. There's a lot of times that we don't, uh, we don't even realize these I am statements are operating in the background uh, and we think, oh, I'm not very good at math or, oh, I'm uh, I'm not ever going to succeed at this or, oh, I am, you know, I'm always going to be fat and ugly or I am, you know, I'm the most beautiful person in the world or whatever the case may be. The whole spoke, scope and spectrum of I am statements, positive and negative, are most often operating subconsciously. So it's this pattern of subconscious self-talk that really manifests as inertia in our life. So it can be uh, really helping us. It can be accelerating us toward our own uh, true potential, toward our higher purpose, or it can be a hindrance where it's always weighing us down and keeping us locked into these patterns of being unproductive and not capable of actually achieving what we think that we desire in life. So how do we get into this soul identity? How do I get into this? Who am I on the inside? If you cut off my arm, you know, I'm still Luke, but I'm not the same Luke that I was when I was a little kid or the same Luke that I was last week or the same Luke that I'll be uh, 
tomorrow or the next day because I'm constantly growing and learning, right? We all are constantly growing and learning. Life is a path of action. We're always interacting. And through this comes the inevitable evolution of our own soul. This idea that we are changing and adapting to our environment all the time is an inescapable truth in my mind. And yet somewhere in there is the seed of who am I, that root element of self, that soul identity that does remain the same, that is always kind of perpetually present. What does that mean? How is that possible? You know, our I am statements are uh, constructed by a conditioning most often, but if we go and begin to self-reflect, we can kind of very carefully begin to consider, you know, what is this essence of who I am? And if I could really distill it down, who would I say that I want to be? I want to be loving. I am love. You know, I want to be kind. I want to be, you know, I'm the best me I can be and all of that kind of stuff. We can craft that internal self-talk. It helps us to restructure and really begin to catalyze positive momentum from the inside out. Now, what we do Hold on just a second. I was looking at my my journal. I got sidetracked here. Uh, Regulated by honest self-reflection is what I was talking about. You know, why would we want to regulate our self-identity? What's the what's the purpose or the function of that? Right. How do we um, how do we use this fact that we can evaluate our who am I statements and then recreate them? You know, I, I think that why it's important or the function is because our soul identity is a source of truly limitless potential. I think that high achievers in any given uh, genre are driven by an indomitable spirit, an unbreakable determination. They're driven by resilience, tenacity, and an unwavering commitment to their mission in life. And this is the essence of spiritual strength. It's not physical or emotion or emotional strength. I mean, it's, it's not physical or emotional in nature because you know, the, the body's going to hurt. Sometimes our, our heart's going to ache. Sometimes all of those things are there, but the driving force is a spiritual strength. That's rooted in a soul identity, that soul identity carrying limitless potential to create a life, any life that you desire to have positive impact on the world. And it's, you know, spiritual strength that really catalyzes physical strength, emotional strength. You see, so some people are big old bodybuilders and they look super duper tough. And then here comes another person, you know, that doesn't have half the stature, but for some reason they can just muster greater strength and they demand a higher efficiency of function, their muscles to produce a greater energetic output. Right. And so how does that happen? You know, same with emotional strength. You know, we see people who go through the most trying, uh, times, you know, the most terrible circumstances. And ultimately they maintain emotional strength through that. And there's uh, a couple of great stories, a lot of great stories about that, but one of them is called unbroken. And this man that had been, you know, in and out of war, shot down, uh, survived at sea, but just barely ultimately got taken into a Japanese internment camp, you know, was being singled out and picked on and beat on and all this kind of stuff. And, and he never lost his emotional strength. His spiritual strength was unbreakable. And so the title of the book, Unbroken, great read, uh, very inspiring. And it's actually something that was given to me as a gift when I was dealing with a lot of pain in my own life. 
And it was a time when I was physically broken, physically and emotionally broken, I would say. I had been limping around with a fused ankle for about a decade and the VA wanted to amputate my foot. My hips and my back were all jacked up and I was in a lot of pain and I was on a lot of narcotics for that pain. So I was losing my mental clarity. I feel like the, you know, the medication and the pain and, the, and all that kind of stuff really crushed me emotionally. And I got depressed, man. Like I can't, I couldn't take the trash out for my wife or teach my kid to ride a bike. And I was really in a low place where I just felt like, ah, you know, I almost felt worthless or like I'm, I'm trapped in this broken body and I can't do what I want to do. I can't be who I want to be. And all of that kind of stuff was just flowing through me all the time is how I was feeling. And I realized one night as I was laying in bed, I was laying in bed and I had tears in my eyes because I couldn't get comfortable. My body was hurting. I didn't want to get up and, you know, wake up my wife. And I, oh, what's all this, man? And something in me that night just snapped. And it was just like, you know what, self? Get your ass out of bed and do push-ups and do push-ups until you fall on your face and then roll over and do sit-ups until you can't sit up and repeat that process until you're so damn exhausted, physically exhausted that you just pass out. You can't help but just pass out and fall asleep because I'm in charge, right? I'm in charge of my life, not my body, not my mind, me, that essence of me, my soul strength and the inner strength, that inner self, that is the indomitable spirit right? That's the, that's the, who am I? I'm not going to go out like this. I got, I have control. I have choices. There are things that I can choose to do. I can choose to use change. I can choose to function or find a way within the con the confines of chronic pain of a broken body of a broken set of expectations about life and what it might look like. All of that, you know, all that's just crap. Scrap that crap because right here, right now I had a choice. I have a choice each and every moment. We each have a choice each and every moment. And that is empowering, right? We have free will and it is through our intent, you know, our soul intent, our purpose, our mission, our desire, whatever it is we want to do, you know, we affect action. We catalyze change in the world around us. And what awesome, awesome power we have when we begin to awaken to and realize just how much control we do have over our inner life, our inner workings, how much control we do have over our mind. And if we can dig into this, who am I? And I can figure out who am I and what do I feel like I was born to do? What do I want to do? And I can align my soul identity with my soul intent. And I can really kind of drill down and map out my mission in life then everything else will manage to fall in line. It is true that life very seldom works out the way that we think that it will. But truthfully, it does always work out, right? I mean, does it ever not work out? Does the universe ever just kind of spontaneously poof into dust? You know, no, gravity's still working. The sun's still shining. The world keeps turning. My heart keeps burning, like this burning desire to get out there and go out and have a positive impact, right? We're alive. And as long as we're alive, we're on a journey. As long as we're on the journey, we got to remember to stop and smell the flowers. But also remember that right here, right now, this is what life is all about right here, right now, in this present moment, is the unfolding infinite 
potential of the universe. <laughs> it's not about me or you. It's it's not about even just us, the seven billion of us or so on the planet. Look out the window. Look at the you know something. Look at anything and everything in the world around you, and it's just there's something magnificent about it, right? There's like wow, how did it? How the how how did somebody? build this iPhone or this microphone or this computer or this light or this whatever, you know, look at it with a little bit of wonder. Wow. Presently, right now in the cosmos is an unfolding infinite positive potential. Divine intent, the curious exploration of that infinite potential. And we are a manifestation of that divine intent. We have our own divine intent, if you will, our inner intent, our soul intent. What do we want to do to create? What do we want to do to impact the world around us? Hmm. Good questions, right? So we chew on that a little bit. But when we come to that place of, you know, who am I? What do I want to do? You know, how do we maintain the motivation. Maybe we get all fired up. Like, you know who I am? I am a shoemaker and I'm going to go out there and make the best damn pair of shoes anybody's ever put on their foot ever in the entire cosmos. That would be a sole purpose, a sole intent, a mission in life. That would be super awesome, right? And it's going to be different for everybody. Take the time to figure out that out for you. Of course, we've got the, uh, the trainings and stuff coming up for that too. So stay tuned. But ultimately, you know, that kind of motivation seems to come and go. It ebbs and flows. And we find ourselves kind of, you know, going through the motions and we're trying to do things. And all of a sudden, uh, the frustration starts to set in. The anxiety starts to set in. Uh Oh, I'm not meeting my own expectations. What am I doing wrong? What's not working here? I'm, I feel confused. I'm cluttered. I'm scattered. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, (laughs) I've lost my momentum. No longer do I feel motivated, inspired. No longer am I having a meaningful impact. Now I'm just wallowing in uh, this mire of confusion and self-pity, self-induced suffering. So how do we get out of that, right? Okay, here it is. Take a deep breath. And relax. Specifically, let go. Letting go of anything the mind wants to chase after, right? So we start to practice mindfulness. How can we be present to the here and now? We bring our attention back to what's real right now, repeatedly over and over and over again, as often as we possibly can. Who am I? And what am I doing? You know, what's my mission in life? Who am I? Right now, right here, right now, how can I let go of the illusion of imperfection? How can I be present to the gift of now? Can I find that inner peace or that inner strength? Take a deep breath. And fill up nice and full and then pause to appreciate the self-discipline, the power that you have to control your breathing. Realize that Breath control is the most basic building block of self-control. When we control our breathing, we control our heart rate, our emotional state of mind. And as we exhale, we can release, we can let go physically, let go, feel the shoulders relax, soften the eyes, physically, mentally, let go, let go of any thought that comes. Just note, gone, 
next, go on. The mind's going to be this ceaseless stream of thinking, but we don't have to hold on to it. We don't have to chase after it. And we can ultimately begin to realize that when we're worried about what somebody might think, or we're worried about what might happen with this decision or that decision, or one of these 15 different options, which one's going to be the best. And we were evaluating and thinking we're all operating. We're projecting our mental effort and energy externally. And that's going to cause us to scatter. And I think that a certain amount of this is always inevitable, but we can train the brain to come back to the present right now by taking that deep breath. And when we do that, when we begin to tether ourselves to our presence, we begin to elevate our inner awareness. We bring that spiritual awareness into the moment of now more and more often. And the more frequent that we can do that, the more attuned, I believe, we become to what's real right now. And we can, we can begin to allow our heart's intuition to help us navigate and guide us through life. No longer are we just relying upon our thinking, our, our external observations and our mental projections. Those are tools. Our mind is a tool and we definitely want to use it, you know. But ultimately, you know, to, the mind is, as, as much as it is a powerful tool, it's also a powerful foe, a powerful adversary if we are not presently aware of what's going on in our mind if we are not actively using our mind chances are our mind is actively using us and that's something that it's kind of a scary thought but again if we are not actively engaged in using our mental function it's just kind of you know rolling on autopilot it's it's probably using us our mind is using our body to fixate some compulsive behavior or to maintain some biochemical homeostasis we call this addiction uh, or to just kind of perpetuate patterns that have produced some level of satisfaction in the past. Unfortunately, this system of patterns that is in place right now maybe is not serving our higher purpose, maybe isn't helping us move toward our true potential. And so how do we begin to shift? If, in life, if your life is absolutely perfect, just as it is right now, and there's nothing that you would rather change or do, outstanding. Congratulations on being present in the moment, you know. Now, how do you scale your impact? How do you move toward true potential? Because I think if any and every one of us is honest with ourselves, could we be doing a little bit more? Is there ways to, are, are there ways or how many different ways or in what ways specifically can we refine our presence and our impact on the people around us? I'm not a saint. <laughs> we were talking about that in the last episode, talking about uh, the poisonous pleasures and, and self-indulgence and the why we do these things. But ultimately, on this path to potential, this journey of life, when we get to that point where we realize the power of being present and we, and we begin to realize that by using our breath and we can come into the moment, we can tap in, settle in, sink into that inner awareness, really we're settling into or we're tapping into that source of internal strength, of spiritual strength that's going to give us the ability to go out there and crush the obstacles, to, to get through the hard times because, let's face it, the struggle is real, right? Like, you know, we are not in control of the entire cosmos and so... You know, some days shit does hit the fan, things do move sideways. How do we handle the storms of life? Or what, you know, what, what do we get out of that? Do we get bogged down, stressed out, thrown off course and like, you know, totally in a tailspin and in a tizzy? Because that happens. I mean, I've been there. I've done that time and time again. Like, ah, you know, derailed. 
oh no, you know, I, I, I did a video and I just looked so stupid and I hated it and I, I messed everything up and I'm never going to do it again and everybody's going to hate me and nobody likes me and I'm going to go eat some worms, right? Bullshit. Like that's not, <laughs> we can't live like that. But nevertheless, we all, I think in our own ways, struggle and suffer with this. Common. It's really common. It's all part of the human condition as far as I'm concerned. So let's not beat ourselves up about it, but let's let's work on getting beyond that as much as possible, reducing our own self-induced suffering, you know, as much as possible, reshaping the patterns of our life. First, we evaluate, then we reprogram, right? Real, little, literally, we got to reprogram, restructure our self-talk and begin to, you know, prune kind of like pruning a tree. We need to prune our life of habits that are harmful. We need to begin to moving or doing the things that move us in the direction of positive potential, of soul satisfaction, of having a meaningful impact or living life in a meaningful heart-led way. Can we? When we learn to listen to the heart, to calm the mind, to tap in, to settle into our heart awareness, our spiritual awareness, to be moved by that, to listen to it, to learn from it, to speak from the heart, to live from the heart. When we can begin to do those things, man, you know, the magic of life begins to really manifest. I feel like, you know, I, the more in the flow I am, the more magical each moment seems, right? Like I said, I can just pause sometimes and stare and look at something, anything. I mean, a sticky note. <laughs> what did it take to make that sticky note? Uh, the whole factory, the process, the probably is like recycled paper that's been broken down and repurposed and sent through all the filters and they did all this stuff down and then somehow they put all that cool sticky stuff on it so it comes out like an accordion and they made it just the right size and they did all that kind of stuff and it's there and it's a sticky note how simple right no it's not simple it's super fucking complicated but it's really cool and at the same time that sticky note is incredibly powerful don't underestimate the power of a sticky note right that sticky note i can write something on that sticky note like right now i have three sticky notes sitting right in front of me on my computer one of them says don't settle for less than stellar right? Don't settle for less than stellar. Why? What does that mean to me? That's like a reminder, you know, life is meant to be lived in full expression. We're meant to be passionately embracing, enjoying, you know, the whole damn experience, start to finish, the good, the bad, the ugly. We got to live it, right? Life is about right now, right? And why I remind myself of these things. Another sticky notice says, so I can serve you at a higher level, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I need to take care of myself? Why do I need to focus so that I can serve you at a higher level so that I can pour out more so I can fill my cup and pass it around so I can allow myself to be this conduit of positive energy. If I'm taking care of me and I'm sharing this passion with other people, then boom, I'm having a positive impact and that has a ripple effect on society. And it's true for me. It's true for you. It's the it's what we're born to do, right? This is the primal purpose that each person on the planet was born to help to make the world a better place just by being who you were born born to be. I'll say it a million times because it's the truth and I love it. And I think more people need to be reminded of that. I need to remind myself of that more often. And then the third sticky note on my, on my computer here says, when I talk, it says you talk to the higher self and the higher self hears it. So a lot of times, you know, when I'm chewing on a question, you know, I'm trying to get down to the essence of like what's most important and the most meaningful thing. And it's, it's, you know, this communication between the head and the heart, 
you know, but I ask myself the question, like in my journal this morning, I ask myself the question, you know, what's, you know, why do we need to regulate self-identity? What's the purpose? What's the function? That's the question right there on the paper, you know, and the answer came in, in full caps lock. It says soul identity is a source of limitless potential. So I talked to my higher self. I asked myself a question, heard the question, got the answer. Now, is that infallible? Is it like, you know, I, I don't want to get into the semantics of that, but the truth of the matter is, you know, if we ask the question, internally ask ourselves the questions, we're going to get an answer, an intuitive answer. I like the scripture in, uh, in the book of James, it says in the Bible and it says, you know, that if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask God, you know, it's not go ask your pastor. It's not go, you know, read a book on it. It's ask God. And so it, let's, let's take it out of the church context and say, ask God, like ask good old divinity. So if you have a question, ask the universe, right? However you want to frame that ultimately, you know, if you have, questions and you're hungry for answers, you need to speak it, whether it's externally vocalizing it or speaking it by writing it onto paper. You need to make that question concrete and focused for for just a moment and then let it go and allow what comes up to come up. And sometimes the answer is spontaneous, like within the, within a second or two or a minute or two or 10 minutes or so. Sometimes you ask a question and you, you just got to let it go. And it takes a day or two or a week or two or a month or two or a year or two or however long, you know, before you get real clear on that. But if you ask the question and if it's an important question, I believe, you know, that when you talk to your higher self, your, your higher self hears it and you're going to get that higher sort of answer that, um, comes along with, and this is what is true for me, you know, it comes along with an elevated spiritual awareness. So if I'm, if I repeatedly bring my presence back to right now and tap into that spiritual awareness, that inner awareness inside of me, again, spiritual transcending the physical and the emotional, that's what makes it spiritual, right? It's, it exceeds and encompasses you know, everything that I am, it is the, the infinite expression of me that is intimately connected to everything else in the universe. That part of me, that's the spiritual part of me, right? That part of me is the source of limitless potential, creative potential. I'm curious and creative and I'm a cosmic force, man. And you know what? You are too. It's the truth for each and every one of us. And when we can grab a hold of that and be empowered by that truth, then all of a sudden, man, we are set to make some stuff happen. We're set to manifest magic. We're set to uh, really pursue the heart's intent to pour ourselves into making something happen that we really feel very aligned with. Like, yes, this is meaningful impact. This is making something happen that makes a difference in the world. And it makes my heart happy doing that. Isn't that what we all want? Isn't that what we're after? And when we don't have it, isn't that what we're all missing, right? Life is a path of action. We got to do something. We got to feed ourselves. We got to eat, sleep, and procreate and all that. We know that that's fundamentally good. So we know life's fundamentally good, but it doesn't feel that way because why? Because we're stuck in a nine to five. We're doing a job we don't like. Uh, we don't have the resources we think we need. Whatever the case may be, there's all these problems, right? I see the problem with this and there's a problem with that. And let me just pause this whole you know, projection of problems for a moment and ask, what's the problem right now? 
what's real right now. Does that problem exist in the exact unfolding right here, right now, in this exact moment? And I think 99.99999% of the time, maybe if somebody has a gun on your head, I don't know, you know, that you, we could probably come up with some reason when it's not, when this statement's not true. But I think for the vast majority of time, the problems do not exist in this moment right here, right now. The problem only per, uh, exists in a projection, a mental projection forward or mental projection backwards, right? So the problem is that somebody did something in the past that caused me pain I didn't like or threw me off course or whatever. They threw a stick in my bike, spokes caught me, I crashed, and now my life will never be the same. Or the problem is a future projection, like uh, I'm pretty sure that this person's not going to like it. Uh, I'm pretty sure the boss is going to fire me. I'm pretty sure that I'll never be able to do that because I don't have enough money. And so, you know, the problem with that is that it's just never going to work. And I've already convinced myself that it's not going to work because I think that that problem is real right here, right now, when in fact that problem is not real right here, right now, in the present moment, there's infinite potential. And with that infinite potential comes the ability to navigate beyond, around, up, over, under, straight through any potential problem. And more importantly, <laughs> what's real right now is you have the inner strength, the inner resources the inspiration, the intuition to summon all the very best of who you are, make a choice, move in a positive direction, trust in the process, have a little faith, F-A-I-T-H, faith, following an intuitive, trusting heart. That's what faith is to me. Faith is following an intuitive, trusting heart. If I can bring my awareness into the present moment, tap into that inner strength, that, that elevate, again, elevate that spiritual awareness, move from the heart, speak from the heart, but really navigate in this way, then I find those problems usually disappear. Like they don't even exist. Mostly I don't have any time for these past problems. Why am I carrying that baggage around with me, right? Is that doing me any good? Maybe I need to heal. Maybe I need to let go of some emotions. That's a part of the healing process. Oh, we'll do a whole podcast on that at some point. But moving forward, you know, moving in this positive direction, that is, that is the magic of life. Everything is in motion, you know. Are we accelerating toward potential? Because if we're not accelerating toward toward our potential, we'll never actually achieve that progress. You know, if we are actually focusing our time and energy on accomplishing what we feel like is most meaningful to us, then we will not have time to sit around fretting and worrying and feeling all anxious and bound up about these problems that don't actually exist in reality. They just exist in the projection of reality. Now, this is the illusion. This is the mental mirage, right? So from this place of presence, we begin to evaluate what's real right now. We begin to look, we focus forward, we look into the future and think, this is the positive impact that I'd like to have. What needs to happen right now to make that happen, right? Life is a journey. It starts where the feet meet the ground. And if I'm in a place where I'm free to move in the direction that I want to move in, what does that look like to me? You know, do I have to plan life out, uh, you know, 150 steps into the future? 
No, you know, is it wise to do that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, great. Have a long-term plan, have a midterm plan, have a short-term plan, have all kinds of plans. Just understand that those plans are going to ultimately need to be uh, flexible, right? Adaptable. So having the best laid, best laid plans of mice and men, right? This idea that, you know, tornadoes might come through storms of life, a comet might strike planet earth, whatever it is, whatever you think you want to do, just start heading in that direction and then see what actually happens along the way. As long as you are moving in a direction that aligns your soul identity with your soul intent and you've found that mission in life to move and have a meaningful impact on the world around you, then everything else is going to serve that. There's a beautiful book called The Alchemist and in it, he speaks these words that the universe conspires to help those who follow their heart. And I believe that that's true. I've seen it in my own life where seemingly insurmountable obstacles or, or things that seemed like literally, truly, even almost metaphysically magical. We might call these things like miraculous. Like how in the hell did it come to pass? One time I was getting ready to drive up to Alaska and I had my wife in the car and I had the, you know, the mattress strapped to the top of my Subaru wagon. And, you know, I had signed up and I was going to go to Multnomah School of the Bible. I was really fired up about, you know, God and church and all that. And I was like, I'm going to go study what in my mind at that time was the, the word of God. And I wanted to really get deep into the scriptures. Well, I got there and I met this guy, a really amazing guy named Jason. And he was, he and his, his uh, wife were getting ready. They, they felt in their heart like they were being led divine guidance, right? They felt inspired to move into, you know, the Alaska wilderness and start reaching out and sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ with these villages, right? And, and to build this whole ministry. And, and we came together, we really connected, we hit it off. We prayed together. We talked about it. And ultimately it was like, yeah, I'm in. And so I grew up in Alaska. I was born and raised in Alaska. And so, you know, I was like, yeah, that, that just, it struck a chord in my heart in my heart. In that moment, I knew this is what I need to do. And so I got everything packed up. I said, Hey, that's it, honey, we're out of here. I don't even need a degree. <laughs> I don't need a piece of paper to, to serve God or serve the greater good. Right. And so I'm driving, I'm, I'm getting up the road. I'm just about to go into Canada in this car, this is an old, like a, an old beat up Subaru wagon just starts to die, like losing power, but <laughs> and it slows way, way down, slows way down on the freeway. And I'm like pedal to the metal. I'm going like 20 miles an hour. I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I got to get off. I got to get off. And so I got off the freeway and I went to the gas station and I just pulled in like I was going to get gas. And at that point the car was almost dead. It had like a half tank of gas was definitely not a gas problem, but I've, I was like, what am I going to do? You know, everything I own, my wife, I'm, I'm getting ready to drive into the great unknown. I don't have a job lined out up there. I don't have any source of income up there. I just feel like in my heart of hearts, like this is the right thing to do. And I just, I kind of threw out a little prayer in that moment. Like, you're going to have to help me out here, God, because if this is supposed to happen, you know, it's, it's going to just have to happen because <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to, I don't, what, what am I going to do? You know? And so I went ahead and just reached down and we didn't want to get too far behind on the freeway. I didn't want to sit there and not, you know, reach down, turn that ignition, the car fired up boom, like a Subaru would. And I drove that car all the way to Alaska and all the way back. Didn't have any problems the whole entire way. I, whatever that was, that fluke, that crisis, it, it thrust me into this moment of, you know, 
I didn't, I never actually, I guess I never did doubt. I, I always just felt like this, I couldn't believe that this was happening because it was really crazy. But at the same time, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, right? Nothing can stop it. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And so I moved in faith. I followed an intuitive trusting heart and, uh, and hey, the rest is history, right? That ministry is still going today, going strong. They're doing really well up there. My life has taken me in different directions. And, you know, my my understanding and relationship with God has gone through a number of transformations since then. But ultimately, you know, it it's the same, whether we're operating in a traditional context in our in our understanding our concepts of god this idea of having faith of trusting in the process of that life is good good old divinity god is good you know there's there's a purpose a higher purpose to life other than just kind of struggling and suffering to get through you have a specific purpose in life there's a mission that you are here you're here to do that uh, you're something you're born to do right what's your mission what were you born to do Take some time to figure that out. And until you do, keep doing what you got to do. Yeah, but while you're doing what you got to do, maybe start to invest a little bit of time in, you know, developing your sense of self or your sense of, you know, certainty about what you're doing. Take care of yourself. You know, learn, grow, you know, learn to go inside and tap into that source of infinite strength, that spiritual strength. Learn to look at life through the lens of life as a spiritual journey. Learn to let go of the illusions of what's not real right now. Learn to tap in and become present, increasingly present in the moment so that you can begin to see life as it actually is more often, more often. And the more frequently that we do that, the more frequently we find ourselves present in the moment, present to the magic of the moment, the unfolding infinite potential of now and the cosmic wow and all that good stuff. You know, the more often we do that, the more close, I would say, we come to enjoying this divine dance we call life. You know, some people might say to, 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 walking, to be walking with God or to sense that divine presence or that divine purpose in life that's always available, it's always there, it's always kind of around us, but we feel separated or disconnected from it because we are associated with our thoughts and our thoughts are projecting externally, which is a, it's a disconnect, right? So when we're, our thoughts are projecting externally and the source of all of that, you know, connectedness is internal, then we're going in the wrong direction. And so we bring it back in by taking a deep breath sitting tall, lining up the spine, and then relaxing, <sighs> settling in, sinking in just a little bit to what's real right now, to the choices that we have right now, to the power that we have right now, to our sense of self and our sense of purpose right here, right now. When we can do that, when we can practice the art of presence, you know, when we can elevate our spiritual awareness, holy smokes, man, game changer, right? Game changer for all of life, you know, we're going to go through these cycles and all of life, we're going to have all these patterns. We're going to constantly be uh, looking to reshape our patterns. We can learn new good patterns. We can learn new bad patterns. You know, we're always growing, always changing, neuroplasticity, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, the art of practicing presence, that art of training the brain to come back to what's real right now, to get reconciled to reality, that's the secret sauce, man, because that is where we 
meet or embody our spiritual awareness, our inner strength, that inner awareness. So this is the kind of stuff that uh, <laughs> I don't know if you'd say I dork out on it or I'm just really, really into it. Or these are the things that have proven to be most meaningful to me in my life. These are the things that without this, I wouldn't be who I am without this. I wouldn't be happy, fulfilled without this. I would not be half the husband or father that I am without this. I would have no sense of purpose or meaning or direction. And I would just be out there flailing around being a belligerent dumbass like I did for the first part of my life. <laughs> and so that's, uh, you know, if you find yourself at times, you know, flailing around like a belligerent dumbass, you know, the solution to that problem is, you know, to elevate spiritual awareness. If you find yourself dealing with a lot of emotional pain or physical pain, the solution to that is to elevate spiritual awareness. If you find yourself lost and confused and you're not sure what to do, the solution to that is to elevate spiritual awareness. This is why life is a spiritual journey. And this is why you know, we talk about the spiritual priority, you know, get that first, right? Feed your soul first and then everything else will fall into place. I promise. And so begin to, you know, begin to grasp this. I hope that you are beginning to grasp this and that I'm not just being redundant. Uh, I think that it's important. It's, it's the message of my heart. I wanted to share that with you today and wherever you're at, you know, wherever you're at, right here, right now, I'd say just maybe take a slow, deep breath, slowly bringing in all the air. And then pause again, pause to appreciate life as it is. Pause to appreciate your own strength, your own power, your own presence. And as you exhale, let go of any tension in the neck and shoulders, or let go of tension throughout the body best you can. And repeat that a few times, a slow, deep breath in. Just maybe sitting a little taller, stand a little taller. It's a real simple exercise. Pause to appreciate your life, that all of your best decisions have brought you to right where you're at right now. And all of your best decisions yet are still yet to come. You're learning, you're growing, relaxing as you exhale, letting go of things that don't serve you, letting go of tension, letting go of resistance, simply acknowledging and accepting that what's real right now, this is what you got to work with. Breathe in slow. Fill up deep, pause, maybe take in just a little bit more air, a little bit more power, man, kind of puffing up big and then let go, settling in just three simple breaths, man. That's all it takes to tap in, to tune in, to settle in, do it often. And when you do that, uh, I think you'll find that the more often you do that, you're going to see greater and greater results and that'll be lots of fun stuff so on this note of the soul identity and this who am i and what was i born to do you know i've got a webinar coming up tomorrow i'm going to just do a free webinar for fun we'll talk about finding focus and this is kind of you know clearing through the mental clutter to really drill down on what we want to take action on but going beyond that, this idea of soul focus, I've started the soul focus Facebook, Facebook group. So if you haven't already checked that out, please do check out the soul focus Facebook group in that. I want to get a little bit deeper and build a community around the idea that if we can elevate our spiritual awareness and begin to live and move from the heart, then we can have a much greater positive impact on humanity. So the soul focus Facebook group is live. And with that coming very soon in the coming weeks is going to be the, the full, the soul focus workshop shop and 
this idea that we can really take some time, take some tools, get real specific and real practical and drill down on soul identity so that you can craft your own I am statements and I am and I am doing what I'm born to do and all of that. You can really begin to map out your mission, have a mission statement. And if that's something that you're interested in, please, again, subscribe, like, connect with me, shoot me an email. Uh, let's let's talk because that's coming up real soon. I would be honored to have you in that course and it would be a blast. I think we'd all get a lot out of it. And then a little bit later in the year, beginning of next year, we're going to be uh, rolling out the soul wisdom workshop and that's going to be a full three-day immersive experience where we really get deep really using uh, the yoga the mindfulness the meditation overlaying that with the mental work the soul focus work and so this stuff i'm super duper excited about and i'm looking forward to sharing and continuing to share connecting here again this is my commitment to podcasting to sharing my heart every day for 365 and we'll see uh we'll see what comes next time guys i hope that today you have a very amazing day and that you find time take the time to find the magic of the moment right now i'll talk to you guys soon peace